Well, hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the TF Tuesday podcast. My name is Syl. It's good to have you back again, and I hope that you have been having a good week. It's been kind of a busy one for me, but I've been hanging in there. Today, I have a very special guest joining me to talk about a topic in particular that I've wanted to kind of mine a little bit, uh, given it's a, a personal interest of mine, but have never been able to uh, find quite the right person, and now I have. So, Postal Rue, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi there. Would you like to sign my petition? <laughs> And that's the entire joke. Um, it's a d dated in-joke reference to a controversial game called Postal 2, and the fact that it is banned and still banned in Australia to this day. Oh my God. The name, Postal Roo, uh, is just a portmanteau of those words, Kangaroo and Postal 2. I am not from Australia. I apologize. I know there are some people <laughs> that are curious about that. I, I have been asked enough times. No, I am in a completely different time zone. I have lived throughout the United States country throughout, mm -hmm. um, but I have never been to Australia, unfortunately. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> some more things about the uh, Postal Roo thing is uh, I hadn't actually found out about furry art when I made that character and it was more of an inspiration from um i guess what's called the funny animal movement that was kind of going on with web comics at the time oh, yeah. uh things like vg cats um xkcd didn't have funny animals but it's sort of that web comic era specifically talking about video games gotcha, gotcha. at the same time however when i made that character i had known quite a lot about transformation art through the medium of horror movies mm. and video games uh, I was exposed to horror at an extremely young age, and I'm sure the trauma of that has pretty much rotted most of my brain and directly affects a lot of what I'm afraid of and what I'm into. Oh my god. <laughs> For context, I have watched The Exorcist when I was three. Uh, when I was six, I watched The Fly, the 1980s version with... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. With a man just turning into a fly and melting. It's beautiful when you're six. When you were six. <laughs> when I was six. Oh, yes. Um, I watched the Super Mario Brothers movie when I was nine. Um, I didn't know there was a game that it was based off of until way later. Oh. So that was a fascinating culture shock. Mm -hmm. um, and Naked Lunch. Okay. At nine. Wow. Uh and then, when I was almost 10, I watched the entire series of Tales from the Crypt in reruns. Um, just that, that is a beautiful horror anthology that kind of affects my sense of humor in a lot of ways. Um, it's not well written, but it's very gag punny filled. It's just filled with puns. It, it's just an excuse to do, do effects all over the place, and it's got a beautiful 90s charm to it. I support it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but moving on to video games, I played, this is this is by the time I was 10, I played Doom, King's Quest, Space Quest, Duke Nukem, Resident Evil series, the Silent Hill series, and Half-Life. Um, I call all of these out because they have very specific elements that go into my own interest and my own art, uh, and I call those out in particular. When I was 10, I watched the 1998 version of the blob so i got to see somebody melt again that's great I, I mean i'm into that so and i watched uh the tales from the crypt demon knight movie mm. um which features just straight up demon transformations that just happen uh there's no warning it just happens and it's, it's horrifying and well then i hit puberty <laughs> 
<laughs> so then all of this got mixed in with the, the So hormones. all yeah. of this, <laughs> I, each one of these things individually got mixed up into my rotten little brain and created a, created quite a mess. Um, so as a result, I like transformation horror. I like body horror. I like comedy horror. I like little shop of horrors. And I like Rocky Horror. Great musicals. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I love them. Uh, I also love bad movies like uh, Troll 2. Um, that one's a delight. Uh, but my, all, my all-time favorite good movie that I, I recommend, just not as a transformation thing, but as, as a movie, is um, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. It hits some good themes in terms of like loss, specifically memory mm-hmm. loss and deliberate, deliberate memory loss. And it's, it's just a good art film yeah oh by the way hi my name is postal (laughs) um i'm a 2d digital art hobbyist who specializes in what i call weirdo art it's mostly transformation stuff Mm -hmm. and i draw upside down transformations a lot for some reason what are we talking about today you just hit the nail on the head actually we're going to be talking about upside down transformations oh dear okay yeah so i hope you've come prepared uh but no honestly i think um one of the interesting things about upside down tf is it's a very specific niche and i think everyone has their own kind of interest in it and their own kind of spin on it and given that you've been quite prolific in creating a number of them i was curious to chat with you a little more about it and so you know i guess to start how did you first come across upside down tf ah that's a, that's a good question i think there's two answers that i, I could split it into okay um there's a short version of this answer and a long version of this answer as i think about it they contradict each other pretty much directly but they're both true mm. The short answer is I didn't come across it. I made it up as I went along. There were actually uh, two different transformation things that I had seen that I liked that I wanted to kind of mix together. One of them being um, CTF, cock transformation kind of a thing, and just this weird obsession with feet that was going on. Just I don't know what the... It's weird. Art. Some artists were just just drawing hands as feet, and so I was kind of just like I liked the ideas between the both. Mm-hmm. So I just started drawing both together, and then continued drawing these things, and then just developed it, and took it further. Mm-hmm. And it's just like let's transform it some more. What does it look like more and more and more? And that's what UDTF upside down transformation is. Yeah. The long version of it is that I didn't invent it because it turns out that somebody else did the same thing well before I did. And uh, in fact, as as I was kind of doing a little bit of research, not even research, just kind of remembering mm-hmm. what things I have people have told me about it, there are a number of versions of UDTF that just existed in history so one that i'm aware of is uh there was a transformation story written i don't even know when so long ago that it was on a site called geocities that doesn't exist i had to really dig this up in the internet archive just to get it um it describes a transformation of a man into himself Mm -hmm. in the weirdest way possible Uh, it's upside down 
the it ha- hits all the notes of what an upside down thing is including the sort of like watching a head grow out of you and just the horror of that yeah. um and it sort of just it ends with it basically being and then he did it again and again and again and he has no idea when it's going to happen but he kind of just lives life this way interesting that one is that one is a bizarre one and was well before i even looked into or even was interested in this kind of thought experiment i guess on top of that um there was a manga artist i'm gonna look up the name and then botch it horrifically um osamu tezuka who is uh well renowned who was a well-renowned manga artist who made who was behind astro boy behind kimba the lion two well-renowned sort of pieces of manga um and he had a locked desk, I guess. So when he passed away in 1989, he had a desk that was opened 25 years later after he passed away uh, in tw- in 2014. And inside of that had weird, horny animal transformation art in it. Oh, no way. And within those notes was, yet again, another weird upside down transformation in this case it was a sort of like colony of squirrels and one of them just does a handstand for no reason and then just transforms into a woman naked just huh there's no i mean i'm sure there's an explanation i i don't know what the text even says yeah but there it, it happened um, one of those things so that's, that's kind of been lost to time at this point because the guy's not oh around. very much so i mean again it's a horny vault kind of a thing yeah. like the 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 stuff was locked up in a desk like i'm sure that the artist didn't even want it found mm-hmm. um so it's just but it, it's been found and it's all been published um then on top of that there's stuff in the 14th century in feudal japan of uh demons that have genitalia for heads and heads for genitals i don't know anything about it beyond that i've just seen pictures i don't understand it um i don't need to understand it it just exists on top of that there is feudal european art depicting um farmhands and other types of clergy was a common thing where they just had depictions of them sort of handstanding mm-hmm. wearing clothes upside down and there there is context as to why i don't know the context of it it's sort of a political statement of the time mm-hmm. um but what's fascinating to me is you can also see a reference to it in the hunchback of notre dame the the disney movie so if you ever watch topsy turvy there is at least one scene that is just somebody doing that oh now i'm gonna have to rewatch just that cause. scene <laughs> yeah it's a good i mean it's it's minor mm-hmm. um oh okay and i have one i have just one more um so and i have the i have the date too uh in in 2002 south park came out with an episode um called catholic love uh, south park. uh con- content warning um this is gross it depicts a subplot about cartman discovering a way to put food in his butt and crap out of his mouth. Damn. And this just is part of the plot. <laughs> and that's that's just that's just the I don't know why. I don't I mean I know why there is a contextual reason in the in the of episode. Course. It's just it 
the reason I point it out is as I was exploring this art, I found it in reruns. I didn't watch any of South Park until yeah. way later, so I, I didn't really get to experience. It's just a weird thing. It's like, I've been drawing weird shit, and then I find out that this is just happening <laughs> in regular like media that has been shown on the television. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it takes you for a loop because it's like, you know, hey, I thought I was just being like, a weirdo on the internet in my corner and meanwhile there's right. like a multi-million dollar franchise that's also doing this somehow and everyone's just like okay with that mm-hmm. like like what is this <laughs> yeah i mean again uh, to me it just it just emphasizes that i'm not original when i come up with these ideas mm-hmm. it, it's nobody is original yeah. that's just the fact of it. It, it it you're going to have and don't even worry about trying to be original you're going to sort of discover things in your mind and hopefully once you put it out to page someone will come up to you and say hey this reminds me of this thing that i saw two Mm -hmm. years ago and then you will kind of go down that rabbit hole that is the best case kind of a thing yeah i do find that like outside of udtf and outside of these kinds of things i do find that like there is a lot of that problem of societal this is a broader thing societal norms kind of repressing Mm -hmm. these weird ideas and then we kind of just get trapped in this loop of forgetting. So again, the feudal stuff then leading to this one guy who's making art and then hiding it in a desk and then leading to an episode of South Park that's just doing it just blatantly, yeah. but to be gross about it. It's just like, you're going to have these things happen and you don't progress on it further because it's just taboo. Yeah. Well, at least until the <laughs> So you kind of just get stuck. That's true until the internet. That's true. But I will keep in mind, the internet also forgets. Yes. Because I had to dig deep into that Wayback Machine just to get that one story. Yeah. No, that's true. And, you know, it's it's interesting to kind of describe it that way about, you know, the originality of it. Because, you know, it's true. Nothing is ever truly original. But I think that artists in particular find their own, like, unique spin on an idea that maybe has been tread and retread before. You know, I know that... Mm-hmm. In terms of discovering Upside Down TF myself, I came to it fairly late in the game. And so I was exposed to it through artists like yourself or Kanata or White Flame. And it was only once I started seeing those pictures that I even began to think about it as a concept. And then it was only after thinking about it as a concept that I realized it was something I was interested in. So it's always interesting to see how the power of, you know, just having like a big uh, square, for lack of a better term, that people can share their creations and can lead to the strangest of outcomes, I guess, in terms of awakening interests. Um, but, you know, I guess I'm curious then to the process that you went by in order to, like, coin these transformations as, like, upside down TF or, like, UDTF, as it's commonly referred to. How did you come up with that term? Oh, it's um, not even a particularly interesting like the the title is probably the only thing that, I, that 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 is mine, I guess, and it's it, it's not even all that interesting of a thing because I was because again, as you said, it's nice that there's a that there's a box to put these things in, mm-hmm. but that box needed a label or else nobody's going to find the box. Yeah. Um, so it was more or less. I started making the art. Um, I sort of just started posting it to places that were not like galleries, like mm-hmm. um. This was a, this was at a time when I was a little afraid to even post things at DeviantArt that were this deviant, yeah. um, just Ironically. because they have some very strict. I don't even know if they follow their own guidelines, but they have very strict guidelines of 
how adult they're willing to get with adult art. Yes, they are. I will just cut in here to say they are, and they're very strict about it in some cases. I have had issues with DeviantArt before, um, with far less strange art, and I just, I'm not a fan of them. But um, yes, they are quite strict to Mm. validate your concern. No, no, I'm glad it's validated. Uh, I have a DeviantArt. It's kind of dead now, but that was where where I started kind of doing art. Mm Um, it was still under the same postal brew name, but it was it, it's not interesting to our conversation. Yeah. Um, it's a completely different world. If you do want to see it, great, but it's you're not going to get the fun stuff out of that mm-hmm. one. But back to the name, the UDTF part, the upside down transformation stuff. I had started posting stuff at random at first. A lot of just instant messengers and just sharing art around. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were... You know, both both repulsed and interested in it at the same time. So it was kind of just like posting it around, trying to come up with something to it. I eventually, I came up with the name of Upside Down Transformation because at that time uh, there was a thing, there was a 4chan-like thing called F-chan, which is where I actually found out about furries even existing, mm-hmm. um, because that's what the F part is for. Um, and they had some weird thing called alternative. It's like a channel just dedicated to weirdos like me. So, and they're 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 kind of more or less like a forum slash chat thing where it's just like you you make a thread and then you post to the tre- to the thread. And the common thing I saw there, as well as in a bunch of other groups, is like this tendency to abbreviate mm. just to keep things short. So you had things like CTF, which is cock transformation you had um vtf the other gender version of the same thing um Mm. and then other things like that i think i don't know i to be honest there was so many of them that it was just like some like letter tf yeah letter tf and at first i was just going to be like you tf but it's like no that's that's utf okay you you are tf yeah that's redundant (laughs) okay so I was just like, okay, what happens if we throw another letter on there? So UD. Uh, and again, it was just like, because I was going to do the upside down thing. Because again, it started out as an experiment of like feet and head turned to some, head turned to <laughs> sexy times mm-hmm. and just like exploring it further. And I guess it's upside down by the end of it. So yeah, UD. So that's the term I came to. And then when I started posting it to at that time for affinity, that's just what I first called it. I just, it, it doesn't even have like an interesting, like the first one doesn't even have an interesting name other than the term upside down transformation. And then to add to that um, challenge is just the fact that this was at a time when search engines weren't great and yes. Affinity didn't even have one. Like they didn't, they just didn't have a search engine or tags or even the concept of search. They still don't so, really have a concept of search. Have you tried searching stuff on for affinity? It's quite janky. <laughs> I, I mean, keep in mind, that's like, they have a concept of they it. Do. It's just jank. They do. That's true. They do at least have a concept of it now. So I'll give them that. It's a theoretical concept, yeah. but it's still there. It is very much theoretical. <laughs> <laughs> But they did have, at that time, what they did have instead was uh, uh, sequences, or at least the support for sequences with their, I think it's called Markdown, the language that they are using to back up all of that. Yeah. And I just abused it. I basically just was like, UDTF1, UDTF2, UDTF3, colon title that I want to give this one. Mm-hmm. 
and just continued it down the line until they finally actually had a search thing, at which point I gave up on that because it it's not fun yeah. doing that with every single image you do. And at that time, we had I had successfully reached 50 that I gave a shit about putting a number to, um, which is a huge number that is way larger than it should be. Um, but that doesn't even include the stuff that I haven't even uploaded there yet. So I don't know. Forget the numbers. The numbers don't even matter anymore. <laughs> it was basically a lot of repetition. It was. It was very repetitive. Yeah. So then, you know, given that you've made so many of these, and I think, you know, this is kind of going to be some of the meat of our conversation. I was curious to hear from you what you find uniquely mm -hmm. interesting about Upside Down TFs. Because I think for a lot of people, it's its own unique draw. I know that I have my own take as to why I find it interesting. And I think you could pick a lot of different people and get like just as many explanations. Um, but I think, you know, it'd be great to hear what you find interesting about it, given that you were kind of the person who coined the term. And in particular, I think would perhaps be best suited to share your viewpoint on it, because I think a lot of people also just don't know what to make of it. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm happy to give my my version of things. I will kind of start with the I will kind of start with the sort of warning of like just because I feel this way about it doesn't mean that this is any kind of authoritative authoritative way to look at of it. Um I know it's easy to kind of assume author intent to things, especially when someone is just saying what they want out of it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the way it should be and honestly I prefer to not do that. I actually don't like answering questions of like what I like out of something because then that sort of just presumes that that is, and that's the exact opposite. If anything, I want someone to challenge my version of things because then that's how good ideas come out. Well, I will, I will do that once you're done explaining. So don't worry. Great. <laughs> so I guess what's uniquely interesting about it is just the, one, there's just so much anatomy to it. Mm -hmm. It's just disorienting the amount of anatomical knowledge you kind of need to apply to it to make it look as warped and distorted as possible. You can take a sort of cartoony approach to it, but I think you don't get at the meat of it until you're actually like, until you're making something that is for lack of a better term, just deliberately uncanny. Um, I come at a lot of a lot of transformation from a perspective of just going from my intro, just a perspective of somebody that loves horror a lot. Yeah. I also come at it from the perspective of somebody that found out about transformation before even realizing there was something called a furry, let alone a whole community dedicated to it, a community kind of dedicated to... Um, funny cartoon animals and things like that right um so my interests in udtf are definitely not the same as most that i've seen because a lot of it kind of just comes from i want to see that sort of visceral horror side of things at the same time when i think about horror i don't actually enjoy the gory gross sides of these things i actually prefer the more existential kind of dread that comes with it so with udtf what i actually like or what stands out to me is i like treating it kind of like the most common scenario i think i like out of it is like udtf as a sort of like sort of a metaphor for getting too deep into something that is enjoyable so like a metaphor for drugs or a metaphor for sex or things like that where it's just like 
because you're dealing with something where it's just like a good example is like the head to phallus or the head to vagina but like the that kind of thing where it's just like oh no what is happening to my face and head oh this feels great what i'm just gonna i i know i should probably see someone about this because this is pretty serious but i you know this is fun i'm just gonna keep going at it um and it's just that sort of horror aspect of like sort of you know that you're in danger you know that something's going wrong but you're not doing anything about mm-hmm. it and you kind of just are ignoring the problem and and hoping it goes away <laughs> what i also like in transformation is not so much the aspect of feeling the transformation but feeling the consequences of transformation mm-hmm. so I, I, a way to say it is like rather than feeling the muscles themselves change because i know a lot of artists like doing these sort of um, bulging muscles and like the person immediately feels it yeah. kind of a thing when the muscles are like growing out and things like that but i actually prefer it when the subject doesn't notice anything it sometimes doesn't make any sense that they don't, don't don't notice anything mm-hmm. but more that they kind of just notice the discomfort of wearing normal clothes the discomfort of walking around and even then i think the thing i th- I then find more attractive is still being oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. I kind of find the oblivious aspect the most interesting because it's just like, you know, at some point it just reaches the levels of absurdity of how far you could go without noticing a single thing and having to be told by somebody else that something is wrong. Yeah. And I mean, it is kind of an absurd sort of transformation on its face. So it kind of, it marries the absurdity of both things kind of nicely. Yeah, it's one of the things, uh, yeah, this is another thing I like about it. It is the least efficient way to go about a transformation. <laughs> Just, why would you, why? It is, it is. <laughs> How does this even work at an anatomical level? <laughs> I know you had a, a previous guest that was a doctor. They'd just, They'd just be like, what? No, this was the one talking about how transformation is not even possible. They'd look at this and they'd go like, no, don't even try this. No. This is not how any of this works. (laughs) Not only that, but it's such a terrible way to go at it. (laughs) So it it, it really feels like it's it's the horror that really draws you in. The horror, but to emphasize, I don't... Because horror movies tend to... Especially as you get towards like later era, like the Saw mm. era and Rob Zombie films and things like that. I don't like torture porn. I don't like it when I I I don't like gore and I don't like people suffering in horror. Mm-hmm. I kind of approach it more from a Tales from the Crypt side of things, yeah. where the person is bad. <laughs> They're just a terrible person, and it's sort of a karmic justice kind of a mm-hmm. thing, or it's just absolutely absurd, kind of in a Franz Kafka um, metamorphosis kind of a way where it's like in that the guy turns into a cockroach and the first thing on his mind is he's going to be late for work. Yeah, <laughs> It's it it's those two layers of things. And I, I think the, that punny aspect of it, I think, comes more from one Tales from the Crypt, but two uh, the video game series King's Quest, where that is basically the most complicated version of a choose-your-own-adventure you can have, where it's nothing but bad endings. Mm-hmm. But there is a narrator to make jokes about it every single way. So if you screw up, there's going to be a joke at your expense right. kind of a thing. 
And I think that's kind of, as far as the transformation side of things, that's what I like out of transformation media. I like a sense of humor in it because it does, especially when you're dealing with something that is supposed to be like a horror-based thing, it's nice to have that thing that reminds you that this is still a comedy. Yeah. This is We're having fun with this, okay? Even if the joke is bad and it's not a funny joke, at least it reminds you that it's not supposed to feel horrible or anything. Yeah. It's supposed to just be more or less like, you know, first of all, it's fiction, so take a step back. It's not happening for reals. And to just, I don't know. I, I think I've lost my train of thought. I think that's where we're at. I, I guess then I'm curious, because I think a lot of people... When I mean, I'm saying a lot of people, but I'm putting this in quotations because like at the end of the day, I think the interest in upside down TF can be a little niche, but there are people, I'm going to put myself in this group who find upside down TF to be like a horny thing. And that is not really the angle I think that you're approaching this from. So I'm curious as to how you feel about people approaching it from that horny lens and how do you kind of reconcile that against the kind of artistic intent that you have when you're doing a lot of these upside down transformations and they're supposed to be more of like you know horrifying or like you know absurdism or stuff like that and it's really not focused on like the horny angle well i'll start off by saying i do i'm also kind of into it you know it is it's horny for me too it's just a different kind of horny (laughs) i would say i others come at it from like the i would like to be this Mm -hmm. i'm more that kind of guy that's just like i would like to see this Mm. i don't want to be it but i'd like to see it kind of a thing mostly because i again approach it as a horror kind of thing and we'll just make up a term and say horror knee where it's just like, <laughs> it's both horrifying, but also really kinky at the same time. So it's just like, ooh. Um, Tales, from the Crypt, Tales from the Crypt is just, they're guilty of this like crazy because oh, yeah. they have tits flying all over the place. <laughs> uh, they just got the tits out. Yeah. That they, you, know, you, know what, you know what the writers are into because they got the tits yeah, out at all it, times. It's the writer's a barely disguised fetish, basically. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, so that's... But yeah, as far as like how it's different, I don't know actually. I cuz cuz it's also different from person to person yeah. cuz I do get a lot of commissioners that are curious about a certain aspect of things or are just they want the one thing, and they're not particularly interested in exploring the things that I like to explore about of things. Yeah. So in those terms, I treat it more as a challenge as an artist. As an artist, I do like like challenges a lot. This is why I do art of things that I have almost no interest but no context about. Um, as an example, My Little Pony mm-hmm. is something that I've never really watched the show. I don't know anything about it. I know there's a whole brony culture around it, but I do like drawing the horses as a challenge. Yeah, no, that makes not, sense. Not into it, but I like drawing them as a challenge. Mm-hmm. So that's how I approach something that I'm, I guess, not into, is I approach it as an artistic challenge, and I like the challenge. No, that's really interesting. I mean, I guess on a personal note, one of the things that I really like about Upside Down TF, like, you've you've touched on a a lot of things that I'm really into, like the absurdity of it, there's like a horror uh, element to it, you know, I do like some of the more visceral changes. And I think in particular, one of the things that I really like about Upside Down TF, besides, of course, the 
uh, and anatomical changes is kind of the idea of the mind shifting throughout the course of the transformation. Hmm. I think one of the things that really interests me is what happens to that person's mind at the end um, and how does it kind of change or shift or disappear in some cases moving forwards um, and what happens to the new head you know I've seen upside down TFs where it's like it can be a good ending of like oh this person's just like they're still there but they're like kind of like horny all the time for lack of a better term or like they just really like being used it can be a bad ending where like the person dies it can be something in between mm. sometimes the identity shifts to the new head stuff like that and I always think that there's a lot of really interesting philosophical things to get mined into that. And I mean, I I won't lie, like there is an attraction to any of those like genitals or rear areas being on the face when and the face being on the other end. I think that's really fascinating. But I guess then I'm curious to know a little bit about how you feel about those kinds of endings, because it, it can be so hit or miss for so many different people. I know that there's people who are into upside down TF and very much do not like either good endings or bad endings. It's like they have a very specific view on it and they don't like messing around with the other side. So I'm I'm curious to hear where you fall on that. I think I would agree. It's very hit or miss. Mm. Not to be vague, not to be like, not to be sort of avoiding the question yeah. or anything. I don't have a good answer of like how I feel about it. One, because I don't want to be an authority on mm. it. Two, it depends on the artist and how they approach it. You'd be surprised how much of an impact that has on... I'll be general and say audience, but yeah. how I feel about it depends on how the artist depicts it. Mm -hmm. Like the good ending, the bad ending, the... I don't think I enjoy identity death. Mm -hmm. That is one I'll call out specifically, but I do like it when they're vague enough that I can kind of just, you know, headcanon my own version of it in there. Oh, yeah. Where I sort of just, you know, it's not identity death, it's identity fall asleep. <laughs> identity wake up tomorrow and be fine yeah <laughs> i yeah i know i know it's a i know it's a horse rear end right now but you know that horse rear end um you know they they, they wake up the next day they go oh no what have i done but you know it's okay because they be they, they they work really hard and they they study really hard and they get past the bar exam and you've got a horse ass as a lawyer <laughs> they did it you know they did it I they worked past their their weird transformation i would love to see some sort of de of a depiction of a horse's ass getting called to the bar that would be absolutely stunning just, just oh incredible <laughs> I, and there's there's again going back to the absurdity sort of thing there's a there's tons of different ways you can kind of just spin it and be crazy with yeah. it and do weird weird stuff like that um and it doesn't have to just be udtf stuff there can there are other weird things i feel bad because I'm I'm forgetting a name and I shouldn't be forgetting the name but there's an artist that I really admire the rubber wolf who touches a lot of weird stuff mm. and they have right now they just recently made a thing about just a head becoming a boob oh my god and it's just like you can do weird stuff with this you can you can be weird about it as far as like now you have a character that just has a boob for a head what's that like yeah. how how is their day to day and it's not even like a... Because I know there's a lot of intelligence drain stuff, but what if it's not? <laughs> what if they're just a boob? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what What does that mean? Do they have to wear like... Do they have to wear like a, a special bra to handle this? Or do they just go out as it is? Um, do they Do they get permanent pen and just like 
put little eye eye dots and a little smile in there. Do they do that or do they just not? <laughs> <laughs> little, little weird things like yeah. that. Um, I I I like. I guess if I was to kind of take an opinion about the good and bad and th- kind of thing, I'm I'm not a fan of um, personally, not authority, mm-hmm. but personally I'm not a huge fan of like intelligence loss kinds of things. I do like mental shifts that are more subtle than that. Interesting. Um, so a lot of sequence will have the sort of, especially animal transformation, will have like a part where you have the intelligence of the person represented as sort of an eye that has the iris and the whites of the eye and somehow intelligence draining it goes up through the eye and so yeah. the eye just becomes blacker yeah, yeah. i but that's that's the metaphor for like losing intelligence and becoming the animal um i guess to start with i prefer anthro characters because it's implied that they are already and that they go from one intelligent thing to another intelligent thing. I prefer intelligent thing. Another reason is I kind of prefer... When I think of UDTF, I I kind of prefer it as if you had, like, a part of you that just wanted to have a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the only way that they can nail you down to have that conversation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, Wear lizards are are the common thing that I've that's another invention of mine that I kind of made to address that kind of a thing mm-hmm. of like, what if a part of you just gained consciousness and wanted to have a talk with you about gut health? <laughs> <laughs> they don't like that you keep eating Taco Bell and they want to have a talk about this. <laughs> you got to stop doing it. All right. You got to get some greens. Yeah. Um, but that kind of thing where it's just like, it's so inappropriate and it's so absurd. And it's just like, now you have to live with this kind of a thing. Yeah, it's bringing it back though, the question about the good, good ending, mm-hmm. bad ending. Sometimes, sometimes the ending is an ending because the story ended. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the end for the character. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good way yeah. of looking at it. And you know, I, I mean, I definitely have enjoyed um, upside down TFs where it's like you know the person is still kind of there, but like they've mm-hmm. their mental processes have shifted so much that it's like a, a question of like how much of them is still there and it's like oh i just have these urges because i'm just a body part type thing those i always find interesting although i recognize that's not for everyone but Mm -hmm. i i do really like the spin of like you know there's a part of you that wants to have a conversation i think that's a really innovative way of thinking about it and i feel like that kind of plays into things like cock tfs or ass tfs and you know I, i feel like there's a similar appeal there in the sense of like you are having this kind of horror type anatomy change it can be absurd and it can be spun in kind of a funny way of like you know some other part of you is achieving sentience and just you know wants to be in control for a little bit and maybe you'll get to come back later no i agree yeah definitely with the what you were describing with the with the stf cock tf type Mm -hmm. stuff it's just like that one's actually funny to me because it's just like it's not exactly the same but it's kind of the same i actually like playing around with that one in different way especially the 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 cock tf stuff because there are two ways to go at it that one seems like it can either it has a more sort of at least in my warped little view it has a more um obvious version of the good ending and an obvious version of the bad yes, ending that's true. um where the bad ending is just like you're just you're just neat um <laughs> Whoever did this to you just just wanted 
a, a two inch extension. Yeah. Um, the rest of you, bye. Uh, <laughs> the, I think there there is an absurdity just in that too, yeah. where it's just like, why only one inch? There's so much. There's so much weight to you. What? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Seems very inefficient. It's a very. I mean, once again, very inefficient. <laughs> that doctor friend of yours would be very upset. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I I think there is something to talk about with that. At least for my personal things about the CTF stuff specifically, where it's just like, I had recently drawn a thing. I had drawn two things actually that basically work as two completely like completely separate versions of like how that could go the good ending and the bad ending where i have one that um and i think what's nice about it is like i didn't imply anything so you can interpret it however you want i hope i hope i did that i prefer it to be vague for people for an audience i prefer it to be as vague as possible i want you to insert your own ending most of the time because you're going to be happier with your version of the ending than anything i can bring Mm -hmm. But there's one that involves two rabbit characters, and one of them buys a CTF potion sort of thing. So they're doing it for kinky times. Right. They're 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 consenting partners, and they want to get into it. Um, but neither of them knows what the word permanent means. <laughs> so they're constantly. One of them is just reading the bottle, fascinated at this word, and the other one is just getting more and more annoyed. The one that's getting annoyed is the one that's turning into the cock, and they're just like getting very literally pissed off at the fact that um, the they're just looking more at the bottle than getting into the mood. Yeah. Um, and they said, and and it ends on that rabbit saying, "We'll look at it. We'll we'll look up the word together." When I turn back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. So it, there's so many implications of what happens at the end. I, again, don't want to be an authority. Your ending is better than mine. But my version of the ending of that is that it kind of ends in a spot where they are both still aware and both still like able to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. How the second rabbit looks is completely up to imagination. It's just they can maintain a conversation somehow. Yeah. And again, they both get their law degree and they have the, and, and they both are lawyers. Uh, uh, I very much <laughs> Or whatever. Yeah. I was actually thinking wizards in that <laughs> one, but it's just like wizards, but, you know, they both get the degree, a uh, different degree each one. I, uh, things like that. I look forward to the rabbit cock uh, who gets a wizarding degree. I think that's perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're very, they have a very specialized field too. They do. They do. So I guess, you know, as kind of maybe a final question, you know, we've, we sure. spent a lot of time talking about like upside down TF, offside. we've touched on cock TF, ass TF, that kind of thing. Do you feel that these kinds of TFs get stigmatized for being uniquely weird? Or do you think it's kind of fair that people have a certain recoiling reaction to these sorts of changes, given the taboos they often invoke? Because I always think about the weirdness level, and I think a lot of people shy away from it because of the inherent taboos and because of the inherent quote-unquote weirdness. But as we've kind of alluded to here, it is something that's been part of history for a long amount of time. Hmm. There's a few things I would say to that question. Mm-hmm. First off, if you're having a recoiling reaction to something, like if you just don't like it, you do not have to participate. And if you don't like it, you can kind of just not participate. I, of course. The reason I call that out is like, it probably is being stigmatized as being weird because it is weird 
and there's very it's very niche mm-hmm. and so it's a niche interest not everybody is interested in it udtf especially is not something for everybody um almost deliberately so it's it's not something for everybody i'm into it for the horror aspect and not everybody is into transformation for the horror aspect yeah. um so it's like it's not for everybody from the get go for taboo uh, uh yeah it's definitely got taboos to it no, let me think on that. Let me think on the question. What was the question about the stigmatizing? Yeah, basically, I'm just curious as to what do you think about? Do you feel they get stigmatized unfairly? Or do you think it's like a fair thing that people have like a certain reaction towards them in general? I'll repeat that part again, where it's like, if you're not into it, you're not into it. and You don't have to be forced to be into it. Mm-hmm. As for the is it unfairly stigmatized aspect, possibly, I say it mostly as an artist that draws a lot of weird i do get a lot of hate mail Mm -hmm. kind of stuff yeah and i'm not a fan of getting the hate mail obviously nobody is but i i don't even think i get more than anyone else i think it's just a very non-productive way of communicating that you're unhappy with seeing this stuff a huge Part of it, I think, is just a limitation with how galleries tend to work. You have a front page, which implies that it kind of just gets shoved in front of everybody's faces for a few seconds. Obviously, this is great for artists because it's like that's how you get new people sort of interested in your works is it's right on the front page. Any rando can kind of see it. Unfortunately, any rando can see any disgusting thing you put up there. So, you know... There's there's a lot of bad things that can come just from that. It doesn't matter what website it is, DeviantArt, Twitter, Fur Affinity, they have this sort of concept of the front page that anything that someone that you're either subscribed to or not puts up, you get to see it kind of a thing. Yeah. And if it is something about that, is that revulsive or repulsive to you? I don't know. At that point, I think it's just more of a content administration kind of thing. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think in terms of is there an improvement to that specific thing in particular because a lot of it because I do feel bad mm-hmm. that I do feel bad for the people that are writing to me because they are dis- dissatisfied with something that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um one because obviously it's not reaching the right person. Yeah. My goal is not to not to shock and and horrify people. Generally my goal is to put it in front of people with the hopes of finding someone that might be interested. Um, I do it with a lot of weird stuff. I take these experiments where I'm just like, what if we try this sort of a trial and error approach? What if we try this? What do people think about this kind of a thing? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it works. A lot of times it doesn't. And the ones that don't work, I sort of just shelve after a while and don't pursue any further. As for the revulsion side of things, I, I don't, I wish there was a better solution because a lot of it kind of just comes down to, I still want to put it in front of you, but I don't want to shock and horrify people that don't want to see that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. It is. It's tricky. And, you know, I think what you've said is a pretty balanced way of looking at it. And frankly, I just hope that people continue to be, um, balanced about it as well in return because i think that you know we're all kind of responsible for the experience that we have online you know there's an element of curating your own online experience and sometimes uh you know you might see something that's not for you but 
the best way to deal with that is just to kind of move on and you know go from there so i i hope that people will mm-hmm. will take that to heart yeah another another thing i would possibly recommend is this would be more from a website administration thing start implementing sort of a a no tag mm-hmm. E, uh, I think what is e six two one six two one has has a nope yeah. sort of category where if you put put that in there it's a great filter it it makes sure that people get only what they want I don't know if I agree with their approach to the upvote downvote counter thing because mm-hmm. again it just isolates things that are weird from people that want to see weird um, but I do like that they have a favorite counter yeah. so I'm torn <laughs> it's always a struggle. Of course, yeah. Well, that was all the questions I had. I don't know if you had any questions for me. Yeah, I I guess I do have some questions around, I believe in a few other episodes you had talked about speaking on this topic of just like stigmatizing and just like that sort of revulsion and people reacting. I think you had mentioned that you had gotten that sort of hate reaction for some of your um, photo manipulation yes. type stuff. I guess thoughts. Let's 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 compare and contrast <laughs> <laughs> numbers here. <laughs> like how much? Like how bad uh, is it getting better for you? Yeah, it has been getting better for me. I think part of the reason why I got so much, particularly at the beginning, was you know photo manipulations that are done poorly can look quite uncanny, and I think that people have a really visceral reaction to the uncanny valley. And um, mm. I, I think as well part of what kind of what I did with my art moving forwards, besides obviously, you know, working on improving was I took more solid or I took shots more at things that I felt could be pulled off in a more achievable and realistic manner. And there's benefits and drawbacks to that. I still like to try new things and I still do. But in particular, there was kind of like this middle period where I didn't want to get hate. And so I would work specifically mm-hmm. only on species that I felt comfortable in terms of pulling off and photos that I could feel could be done in a specific way. And, you know, the the drawback of that is I, I challenged myself less during that kind of middle portion of like my artistic growth. And so mm-hmm. I'm playing a little bit of catch up now and that's fine. I feel like I am in a space now where I can maybe pull off some of those uh, more out there esoteric ideas, but particularly at the beginning, um, I had pieces that would get brigaded. And frankly, I left them up in my gallery. They're still there because I think that it's a testament to how far I've come as an artist. And, you know, people can have their opinions on things and that's fine. I would encourage them to not like brigade someone, but, uh, you know, that's neither yeah. here nor there. No, I agree. And honestly, I think it's, it's better to leave it up than not to. Yeah. One, because nothing nothing goes away forever um if somebody wants it they'll find oh, it yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing absolutely and then on top and then the the flip side the flip side of that is just like as you said it shows it shows how you've improved it shows if you've improved like you show sort of older stuff to kind of just give that sort of like that curve that that curve of like this is the beginning this is later kind of kind of stuff exactly i wish i could say i was as brave i have kind of removed things that have had zero favorites i've been very deliberate about the zero favorite stuff again it's not because i want to hide stuff out of embarrassment or anything Mm. i have no shame it's mostly because i want to make sure that people are not like revulsed or repulsed when they're trying to find something that they may or may not be interested in um no that's like i i'd approach it i love doing weird art i think that's the that's the thing i draw transformation stuff not 
again, it's because it's not because of the I want to be the thing. It's because I want to see the thing and see how can we do this? Does this work? Is this actually a tenable thing? There's a lot of weird experiments that lots of artists are are trying out that I want to see kind of grow. Mm -hmm. I'm not naming names. Some artists haven't gotten there as far as the art side of things, but the ideas are fascinating and I want to see them pursue it further. A lot of inanimate stuff that is just like weird and I want to see it developed on and I want to encourage that kind of a thing, but it's still like the art isn't quite, hasn't quite caught up yet. So I'd love to, you know, that's that. And it's just like, yeah, this is why you don't brigade, brigade on things. This is why you don't, like, yell at somebody because their art style is not particularly good yet. Exactly. It takes time. It really does. And everyone should be allowed the chance to grow, so. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, great. thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, and I was really excited to chat with you. Thank you for hosting. This has been a blast. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If people are looking for your stuff, where can they find you? There are several places. The most common is my uh, fur affinity. That's where basically everything is. Uh, that's just that's just furaffinity.net uh, slash I think it's user slash postal roo. Yes. Yeah, that that is just the so fur affinity and just look up postal roo as the user. It's the least intuitive, but there <laughs> it is. Um, on top of that, I do have a Twitter. Um, please, if you do like my stuff, please watch me on there. Um, I feel so alone because I don't advertise it well enough. So please add me there. It's the same stuff right now. I do want to kind of start using that to put sketches and other crap up there, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, On top of that, if you want to, if you really like my stuff and want to support it, I have a Patreon. I also have a coffee. So the coffee is just coffee with a postal roux at the end. And the Patreon is patreon.com with postal rue at the end. Um, on top of that, <laughs> I have a game. It is an alpha. It's currently shelved right now, but I want to use the website that I use that, that I put that game onto to add more stuff to that. So if you are interested in that game, it's a UDTF game right now. It's very weird. It's very good. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it's called Cursed Game of Cursed Items. I wish I got further with it. I will have to come back to it. I am going to come back to it and make other games in the future. So if you want to check that out, uh, go to... It's on Itch. i got to remember how to get that. We'll put the link in the notes, in the show notes. Oh, perfect. That's even better. Yeah. Okay. Postalroo.itch.io because Itch has to be special and put the name in front. Yes. Um, like DeviantArt used to be. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much again for coming on. And thank you to everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to this discussion and, you know, looking forward to bringing you more content in the future. I have a special note in that uh, we will be recording an episode of the TF Tuesday podcast live at MFF. Uh, So if you are in the area, uh, we have a panel on Friday and you can come check us out. I believe the time is at five o'clock so uh 5 p.m so please do come out and uh if you're there and uh hear our live recording and uh in the meantime i hope y'all uh stay healthy have a good night's rest and uh keep an open mind and stay tiffy and we'll uh see you again next week but uh in the meantime bye for now bye